Let's get started. The first inaugural 3 a.m. Coney podcast. Cheers. Cheers. <clears throat> I am drinking Woodford Reserved Double Oaked, which is now gone. And you got uh, the Cincinnati German. Hefeweizen. Munich, Paulana. Hefeweizen. Okay, what do we got going on this week? Let's talk Joe Burrow, rest of the rookies, and uh, uh, all the Bengals practicing today. Wow, yeah. It's crazy that they're already at Paul Brown Stadium, which is absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that we're going to even have a season because with everything that's happening with the uh, with the quarantine, but – I mean, we got baseball coming this week. We got uh, the MLS is uh, FC Cincinnati won a game <laughs> with nine men. By the way, I was getting texts because I was celebrating the win. I said, "Hey, FC Cincinnati won," and somebody was like, "Yeah, Atlanta had nine men." And I went, "Well, hold on, they didn't have nine men till the end of the game." Till but... the, it, what the the thirteenth minute of stoppage time is when they <laughs> lost the the other man. That doesn't count. I, I had lost complete hope in FCC halfway through that game. I said, this is just a mess. I mean, they're, they look hot. They look tired. They look unorganized. Yeah. But hold it out. That's a win, baby. I mean, not 9 a.m. That's <laughs> what we had to do. We can't play any primetime games. Cannot have Cincinnati in the primetime. But uh, <laughs> 9 a.m., pull out a win. Well, morning drive time, that's what we call it, right? Mm. You know, yeah. on the way to work, 9 a.m. victory for FCC. All right, but let's get into the big story here on the 3 a.m. Coney. Uh, listen, expectations from Joe Burrow. I feel like they're dropping as we get closer to the season, Matt, and that's why we're going to do the Burrometer, Burrow. Bur the, the Joe Barometer. The Joe Barometer. We call it the Burrometer because, but, listen. But it's spelled like Burrometer, but it's. <laughs> the national media always has a perfect gauge on, like, the Dallas Cowboys. But they never really know what's going on in Cincinnati. They always miss. So we're going to track. Basically, Matt, what I want to do is it's a hype rating, right? One to ten. Mm -hmm. The, bar okay. the bar barometer. Barometer. <laughs> I mean, maybe by the, the fifth podcast that we do, you'll be able to say it. But <laughs> the, the barometer, whatever we want to call it, right? And one to ten, and that's how we're supposed to be feeling about Joe Burrow. Yep. You know, 10 is like Patrick Mahomes. This guy's winning Super Bowls and MVPs, Hall of Famer. He's going to go nuts. And one is like every Browns quarterback, not to be – not except, except Baker Mayfield until next year. I then, would count but, Baker Mayfield in there. <laughs> then we could put but him on the one end of things. One and a half maybe. One to ten. That's what it'll be. Yep. Um, and then we'll do our ratings as the season goes along. Okay. And as training camp commences, because we're going to hear stories, and then we'll do the national media and how they currently have Joe Burrow. To me, right now, I'll start with my rating. I think that Cincinnati fans should be, and I am at, a, a solid eight, right? A solid eight. The reason I'm not at a nine is because Mike Brown is still the owner. So, and we don't have an indoor practice facility. It's hard for me to get to a nine. I just, yeah, I'm not sure. Can any person ever 
bring this franchise over the top? I think it might be Joe Burrow. If it's going to be anyone, it could be Joe Burrow. And exactly. that's why that's why I'm right now, I am full Joe Burrow, savior of Cincinnati, yes. hype train. He is a nine for me. Mike Brown takes take takes one off. And the fact that we we haven't seen him play one snap of professional football yet uh, that's just one one off otherwise it's nine otherwise I have him at until I see him start making big mistakes because he has this transition from college to pro and some people struggle with that I mean it's not gonna be him. I don't I don't think he's going to so it's not gonna be him I'm, that's it, not yeah, who this it, guy it, is that's not you got, who you got eight you, I got I got nine what, what, what do we think the media has him at I think that's a they're at a four right now it's just it's just falling because people are starting to like think about it and they forget everything they watched yeah I mean Joe Burrow was the most clear-cut Heisman Trophy winner and most clear-cut number one pick that we've ever seen it's never happened back to back like that he was that good for that long and I'm really tired of this storyline because this storyline is coming and it's coming from the same people that think Tua in Miami is the next Greek god of football. Like, Tua is left-handed and six feet tall. There are some red flags, okay? And then the same red flag that they keep giving for Joe Burrow, oh, he's not going to have the same weapons in Cincinnati that he had in LSU. It's just not going to happen for him. No way, LSU is so good. Well, Tua had Alabama. (laughs) I mean, the greatest football football operation ever and Joe Burrow elevated LSU who could never be Alabama yep. over the top I mean that, that's where I'm just blown away I've got the media at a four right now because they think that LSU's wide receivers were too good even though they led the NCAA and drops a year ago and they think that Burrow's just a regular rookie that he's not any anything special up here which we all know anybody that's read his story knows this kid is a borderline football genius and I mean, if you're paying attention, like you're even hearing, like as he's like even even in Zoom meetings, he he's he's doing too much. He's he's trying to trying to like take over and be the franchise quarterback, like in the first offseason before he even starts. And that that is the mindset that you need to have in order to to take over and to take Cincinnati to take the Bengals to the next level. Yeah, I saw somebody try to spin. I think this was on YouTube or something. I don't even know if I should comment on it. Someone tried to say that the, the Bengals coaching staff telling Joe Burrow to slow down was not a credit to Joe Burrow being ahead of everybody, but a detriment to the Bengals coaching staff because they were um, holding back Joe Burrow. I said, what? Are we really going to spin that type of offseason story? That's- yeah, I don't I don't think that that is the case. I can understand that. It's like, okay, like they have their timeline and they're like, okay, we're going to we're going to work our way there and Joe Burrow's like, all right, I already memorized the playbook. Let's start doing some trick plays. I'm going to start doing all my Joe Burrow shit just, you know, start naming 20 plays yeah. after me. Like, you know, he he he's on a different level. Yeah. I mean, but if you watch highlights, man, I like I don't know if he could ever reach 10 like that Patrick Mahomes but then you watch him at LSU and you watch what Mahomes did. And it like, listen, Joe Burrow will never, ever be able to throw a football like Patrick Mahomes does right now. I think all us Cincinnati fans yeah. need to get that out of our head. That's not who he is. 
But the ability to move in the pocket, the ability to throw on the run, the ability to throw accurately, the ability to throw under pressure, the ability to throw when the pocket's collapsing, he certainly has all those abilities and then some. His He just doesn't have this, like, uh, gift of an arm that Patrick Mahomes has. But he can be everything that Patty Mahomes is other than that next level. And, and my main fear right now is, honestly, as a Cincinnati fan, is that in, t- in 15 years, you and I are going to be on this podcast and we're going to be like, you know, if Patrick Mahomes were in the NFC, the Bengals would have won two or three more Super Bowls. And Burrow yeah. got that one when Mahomes was hurt and the Chiefs were crazy up and down. But Mahomes just kept beating us in the playoffs. I feel like that might be the story of Cincinnati sports over the next 15 years. Well, I mean, hopefully, if we're doing this podcast in 15 years and we're talking about the last 15 years, we're talking about the last 15 Super Bowl champions that <laughs> for the Bengals, yeah. that Burrow, against all odds, against the media saying that he couldn't do it and just, you know, talking shit about Cincinnati, he proved them wrong the first year. And then, you know, now we're in the 15th year and it's, it's the last dance. Yeah, Matt, what do you think – for the career of Joe Burrow as a Cincinnati fan, at, at the end of his run, what would you say was satisfactory for you in terms of achievements for him? Like, what would you say at the end of a Joe Burrow run, man, this guy, this is what I wanted, this is what I got. I mean, really, what's the minimum that you want from Joe Burrow and the Bengals during his time? Well, I mean, if I'm, if I'm putting them at a nine – and I'm calling him the savior of Cincinnati, which we haven't had, you know, postseason success in 25 plus years. Hasn't been um, one since I mean, Pete he, Rose. Yeah, he he he's got a, a minimum. He has to bring a a Super Bowl win to, to Cincinnati, and that's yeah. Mi- mi- minimum is is one, and that might be like a it, you know it'll take five you know ten years to get there, but if if you treat Joe Burrow like he's the franchise quarterback and you're building a team around him yeah. and you give him the weapons that he needs, we're, we're going to make a run. We, we are, the Bengals are going to make it far in the postseason and then hopefully one of those times we squeak out a Super Bowl. For me, it's during this first contract, so the first five years, a playoff win is honestly my expectation. A playoff win and – Beating the Steelers, let's see, five years, that's, ten games. Yeah, that's that's right up there with the, like, I mean, if we beat the Steelers 100 to nothing <laughs> both games, but then we don't win the postseason, it's like, all right, well, at least that season wasn't a complete wash. We, we destroyed the fucking Steelers. It's coming. You know, there's a lot of Steelers fans out there, and I'm telling you, 2020 was, is going to be the year the world changed. Everything's going to go topsy-turvy crazy. I, like Steelers fans, it's coming. It's never really happened in my life. But there's going to be a game. Steelers defense, they're a little banged up. Maybe it's not this year. Maybe it's next year. Steelers defense is a little banged up. Burrow's feeling it that week. Receivers are clicking. And the Bengals are going to walk into Heinz Field, and they're going to beat you 45-7. to 7. That's coming. Like, I really – because I've been waiting for it my whole in life. In Heinz Field. In, in Heinz Field. field. Too. That's, where, that's where it's got to be. In Heinz Field, I, I have been, I've been to Heinz Field as the lone Bengals fan during a Bengals game. And I have to tell you, nicest fan base I've ever been in, in terms of an opposing stadium. 
which made me hate them even Don't more. I was that. like, why would you say that? They why are you guys terrible. being nice to me? Like, please stop. Like, I want to hate your team right now, and I want to hate your guts and your stadium that's held up by Super Bowl trophies. But that's coming. I think a playoff win and beating the Steelers six out of ten times in this first contract, Joe Burrow is a massive success. Massive success in his first contract. I don't need anything else. One playoff win in Cincinnati? Are you kidding me? I mean, yep. seriously, think about what that means for the Cincinnati Bengals. One playoff win. One. And then after that, Super Bowl. So if we get that in the first contract, then I'll start to be, okay, we've got to win one. Just one. Yep. I, yep. All I and want I've is one. Break, break the seal so then we can start just <laughs> – churning out Super Bowls make make you know Joe Burrow and the Bengals the next NFL dynasty no man that's asking for too much no, you're asking that's for why too my much. hype that's why my hype is at a nine I have no reason to think that that's not going to happen until it doesn't <laughs> that's the Cincinnati sports fan way we have wow. no reason to have hope but that's all that we have going into the season <laughs> to me it's like a kid asking for too much on Christmas like, seriously, one Super Bowl? If you ask for too much and then you only get the, the one playoff win, then it's like, okay, well, you know, I'll ask for this again next year. <laughs> and then hopefully next year I'll get it. <laughs> but if this kid wins a Super Bowl, it doesn't matter what year. he does. If this kid wins one Super Bowl, one. If Joe Burrow's holding up a Super Bowl trophy, hands that thing to Mike Brown. I and he dies right there. I mean, he, he's seriously, it's all, all the man wants. As you know, we hate Mike Brown, I understand, but he really genuinely does want to win a Super Bowl. He just has different ideas of how to go about it. Because, yeah. you know, he was close to the game with his father. His father never got to win a Super Bowl. This is something he's always been wanting to accomplish. And, you know, he's had his pocketbook mixed in there a little too often, but. I think now, I think that's why we saw this offseason. I think he sees somebody that can do this for him, and he's finally willing to make the investment to try to do it. Somebody that made the investment in the offseason, though, Matt, we moved to the Cincinnati Reds. Yep. This, this segment, hashtag, win the whole damn thing. 60 games, right? Does, what's that mean? No starting pitcher injuries. None. Yep. I mean, and if they are, they're minimal. It, it's going to be okay. Great starting rotation. This team, right? This team on the Swiffer. This team <laughs> right here. Hat on the Swiffer. We spent the money. We have the lineup. DH in the NL, Matt. DH? We've got extra outfielders. Beautiful. Perfect. Let's add it. 60 we, games, we anything were, can we happen. Were upset. We were upset that, you know, the Reds looked like they made all these moves. They were going to have this is our year to win the whole damn thing, and then quarantine, no sports. We're not going to have baseball. Now we have this, this 60 games, and it could work out for the Reds. We can't have that, what, 3-18 and 18 start that they had, <laughs> what was that, two years ago or three years ago? Brian Price. Yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. We can't have that, but then if we, you know, if they, if they start hot and stay hot, they're not going to have any kind of after the all-star break slump. They're not going to have any of, of that, of, of those injuries that are going to be, um, well, it looked like they were in it until the end. It's, it's 60 games. This is, 
this was the opportunity for them. Yeah, and over the last 20 years, the Reds have been famous for hot starts, slow finishes. I mean, it's happened time and time again. I mean, this is a hot start. That's all you need. Yeah. One hot start. Votto, hey, it's July. You're good, supposed to be good in July. You're bad in April. We're already in July. Start off there. There's a real chance this team wins the World Series. I mean, it's it's on the table, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 there for the taking. It's an opportunity to have. And I hate to have such high expectation, but to me, Matt, it's just like 60-game season. And, and look, we play the Tigers, what, 15 times? Something crazy? Tigers are awful. You should expect the Reds to beat the Tigers every single game. They won't. But they should beat the Tigers every single game. There's not a starting pitcher they have that would start for our Triple A team. I mean, they're yeah. really that bad, and we get to play them. What seven of the first ten games? I mean, it sets up perfect for the Reds. Yeah, and I, and the Reds have one of the top three starting rotations, like in all of Major League Baseball. Like it doesn't matter what we throw at them. It should be if they if they are getting a hit, if they're getting more than one run, it's like all right wait, what are we doing? It's the Tigers. Come on. Yeah, and I I think Tigers, and then what? We play the Cubs and the, the rest of the division. We were going to play the rest of the division anyway. Yeah. We get favorable matchups outside of it with the Tigers. I think it plays out just – it plays in the Reds' hands really well. Um, it, it's going to be a fun season, hopefully. Um, but we'll know quick. That's the thing. Because if they start 10 and 15, it's over. It's over. Well, they, yeah, we got opening day Friday, and then they play four, five straight games, and then <laughs> we'll we'll know within two, three weeks if the team that we think is is really good if they're actually able to uh, to put it out there in the no fan stadiums. Yeah, no fans, no fans, and and we'll move to that in just a second. But real quick, comment on uh, the ripped hero. The muscular man of Cincinnati, who's no more. Oh, uh, double D. Unfortunate. Yeah. Um, that is unfortunate. He was he was a lot of fun to watch. Big big fan of big fan of Derek. I mean, he's just was he was all he just started hitting home runs. I was like, this guy's great. I Out mean, they're pimping dingers and then taking care of the bees at Great American Ballpark, just spraying them, getting them out of there. But the fact the Reds had him and Aquino in one season was pretty weird yeah I mean, if you think if you're thinking back to that season you're like wow that was a fun season we had yes. all these throwback uniforms and like like you know no no sleeves and and Yasiel Puig and and it's like oh well they, they the record was terrible but that was kind of a fun entertaining season oh yeah it sets up Reds baseball well I think they yeah. did it smart they they said okay we're not going to be great this year but let's be competitive there's no value yeah. in tanking there's no value in having a lower draft pick. So let's be really fun. Something happens, great. Something doesn't happen, whatever. And it'll lead into next season, and that's when we're going to push the real chips in the middle of the table. Yep. We're going to spend real money. We're going to bring in real guys like Moose, you know, and, and we're going to sure up the starting rotation. Boom. And now we are. And if the Reds win the World Series in this shortened, I mean, oh, the next time we have an opening day parade, it's going to be amazing wait that's the one thing about no sports though what if we there's going to be no parade in cincinnati if if they win the world series i mean i 
That's awful. I, I don't even want to. I don't even want to think about that. We we can't have that many people on a Zoom call. That's not going to be the same thing. No. We uh, Cincinnati fans have thought about this for a long time. We we've seen the we've seen the Patriots. We've we've seen like you know they're they're giant giant like massive groups of people just all over the streets and it's like you know what when the reds when the Bengals get one like it it will be all of downtown it will be this this massive celebration we have to have some kind of some kind of huge parade and i mean the 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 reds are you know we have the the greatest opening day yes parade yes. game festivities yes. everything yes. and now not having that almost feels like it, it's 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 not going to be the same. But I just I'm excited to have baseball in in any aspect, any any kind of sports. I, I need something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how have you been doing through all this without sports? I mean, I mean, it's I, I was waiting for we had the we had the German German soccer was like the first to start. Um, I was I was looking at we have like the cornhole championships on ESPN eight yeah. the Ocho. It's like all right, there, there was like that video of like the marbles rolling down the hill. And it's like they were t- <laughs> talking about, all right, and blue's out in front and now yellow. And it's just like, I'm just watching that captivated because with I need, I need, so I didn't realize how much I, I loved and appreciated sports until all of them were gone. Well, I, I, luckily I was a German soccer fan before the pandemic. So that actually worked out decent. But, man, I had to stop playing 2K and Madden and FIFA because you'd score and, and the crowds would be like, yeah, and the announcer would be like, crowds go wild. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, crowds. No, there's no crowds. Oh, God. <laughs> there's no people. And it's like this pandemic has been rough for me because I lose things. I mean, that's like my big thing is I, I lose things other than my wallet, my keys, and my phone. Like those, yeah, well, I, those are things you don't want to lose at all. But any cloth, socks, clothes, shirts, whatever, anything of lesser importance, yeah, I've lost. And I'm not saying a mask is of lesser importance, but it is a piece of cloth that I'm not used yeah. to carrying around. So I've lost like four or five masks. I had to run into work the other day, and I put on this mask, and I'm thinking this is like a normal mask. That's a little baby mask. But it's very clearly a children's mask, and I didn't notice that until a child pointed it out to me. He was like, why are you wearing a kid's mask? I said, this is a kid's mask? Like, okay. I'm that, like, almost didn't even cover your whole mouth. It was just like. <laughs> I say it's to show off. You got to, like, have a little cheekbone there you in, go. Your, uh, <laughs> in your mask. There you go. Like. Nothing, nothing scares the coronavirus away more than strong cheekbones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This fake crowd noise might scare Joey Votto away, though. I mean, he's saying that he doesn't like it. What are your thoughts on this uh, crowd noise deal? I don't, I don't know if I like it. I mean, I, you were talking about um, like Madden and 2K. I was, I was simulating sports. I simulated like the the Bengals and the Steelers, and like they still almost screwed it up, but they won in overtime. But I'm listening to the to the crowd, and when when you're playing it in the video game, you don't really tell or you can't, you can't really tell that it's like off. Um, but I mean, watching, watching some of these uh, baseball games and having it be like, it's like, it's like nothing, nothing. And then just pumping in loud crowd noise. Like, I feel like that would be distracting for me. If I was a player, I don't know. I don't know what's, what's worse having 
complete silence or that, but I don't know if that's the solution. Well, I don't think it's for the players. And unfortunately, I love you, Joey, but you're just going to have to get over whatever they decide because it's not about the players whatsoever. It's about getting people to watch baseball because whatever works best. And, And the football argument, first off, any network would be absolutely insane not to have crowd noise, at least on the broadcast. I don't care about right. the stadium, but listen, I, I'm a play-by-play guy. I've been trained by a lot of these guys. I've read their books. I've read what they have said about play-by-play. And it is all about, especially on TV, it's all about playing the crowd. That's yeah. how they do play-by-play. So you really want Joe Buck on a Fox NFL game with no crowd. You want him with no noise on the TV. All you want to hear are the light sounds of pads popping and Joe Buck going, Anderson, Anderson. (laughs) Down the left side. At the 30. (laughs) First down, Eagles. No, you can't have that. Like, you need Joe Buck. And listen, I like Joe Buck. I think that he does that well. You kind of forget about him sometimes, which a lot of executives like. It's about the game, not the broadcaster. Mm Mm-hmm. But you're not going to forget about the guy saying three words every 20 seconds when there's no crowd noise. Like, right, right. You need to, you would only need to have like loud play-by-play guys who are way in the game. Like Marty would be great. Marty, I can listen to no crowd noise. But that's not the NFL guys, and it's not a lot of guys in baseball on TV either. I mean, Tom Brenneman and Chris Welsh, they won't talk for literally five minutes during Reds games. If it's yeah. a summer afternoon in the crowd, like Tom will just be like, yeah, like cut off the headset. Where's my coffee at? Can you guys bring that in here? Oh, you know, something happened. Fun. Okay, I should comment on that. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, strikeout, 10th of the day. Great. And so, you know, sixth <laughs> inning is July 15th. You know, so I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm in favor of it. You know, in stadiums, I don't really care. Um, but I think that it's, it's for the TV product. And the TV yeah. product is better with the crowd noise. If you watch any European soccer, I think you'd agree with me. Yeah, and I mean, from from your aspect of of or your your perspective of the uh, of doing the play by play, that that makes sense. That would be a completely different. Like, I mean, if you you hear the crowd start to ramp up, you can kind of ramp your your yes. voice up, say a little more. That's going to be very hard to do if there's nothing. It's going to be impossible. I mean, yeah. well, it's not, it's not even the, the – because you can kind of get moments like, wow, that was a big moment. But it's just not – those guys aren't designed for it. They're 50 years old. They're at the top of their industry. I mean, they're yeah. really – it's like giving LeBron a football and being like, we're going to play basketball with this now. Like, it's just going to be awkward, you know. See, with, with no sports, I'd even watch that. Like, I'm like, okay, that <laughs> sounds fine to me. I don't care who's talking. I just want to watch LeBron try to bounce a football. Yeah, give me, I, give me sports. I I think that uh, I think whatever it is, I'm gonna watch. But I just I want to be able because if it's silent, it's weird to have on and do something else. And that's what I love baseball for. I love baseball to be on. I watch the pitch. I look down, type, text, Twitter, look up another pitch, look down, and like the crowd noise is there, and you feel like you're watching baseball. But if it's dead silent, you're like, you got to like, it's, it's just weird. I, I, I think that we should keep things as close to normal because they will be back to normal one day as, as much as we don't want to 
think that right now. There will be a day where you and I are in a crowd together at Great American Ballpark, no masks, high-fiving after a home run. That's definitely going to be Well, a- and I mean, I think, I think that's, that's one of the issues through this entire pandemic and quarantine is we don't know when that's happening. Yeah. We, we are thinking that is going to happen. Sports are coming back. Like, that they, they will be normal. We can, we can go about our normal lives. But we are looking at, you know, now months later, and we are like, okay, we, we haven't had a major shift. Like, things were closed, and now they're open, and there were no sports, and now we have sports. But we're still not close to, uh, to, to that, to normal, to, to opening day festivity crowds in Cincinnati. Yeah, do you think – I mean, do you think we're going to have sports? I mean, I think I, – I don't care. We, 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 can, we can get nitpicky about the crowd noise, about the commentators, about, uh, about you know, a 60-game season instead of an 162-game season, which I think is still ridiculous anyway. But we, if we are having any kind of sports at all right now with, with no fans, like keep the athletes in a bubble – have them only play in, in one stadium or whatever you need to do. I think that that is hopefully like, I mean, th- it would be a, a, a major blow to all of Cincinnati and to, you know, football in general. If we had Joe Burrow taken number one overall after the greatest college football quarterback, uh, you know, achievements of all time. And he doesn't get to play in his rookie season. Like they're already taking away the preseason games and you have you have like retired quarterbacks commenting and saying like without the preseason games i don't know if i would have been as good my my first like my rookie year and kind of looking at joe burrow and going how is he going to do because we are we are in this this different state of the world and we're not going to have the these preseason games he's not going to have those like where he's going to be able to test some of these skills out like we're he's he's possibly just going to be thrown in to the first game and been like you know show us what you can do yeah and I I'm worried too because this is key for Joe Burrow he is a mental player he is an anticipation player he is a leader what do I mean by that I mean that he's going to get together with all his guys and he is he he does so well and and I know this from my experience is working in Athens where he's from. And I know a lot of people that know Joe Burrow very well. And I've heard many, many stories on and off the football field in the classroom, whatever. What he does very well, being a guy from Southeast Ohio, who's had an experience with rich and poor, not well-to-do, well-to-do, inner city, Columbus, everything. Every type of American Joe Burrow has dealt with and he's gotten along with. He's that type of leader. He has to get with guys, convince them to do things his way, shows them how to do it, works with them, and nails it. It's like a routine. You know, what I was counting on was him and John Ross were going to have a lot of time to really dial it in. John, I need you to take two steps on this crosser first, drag it a little in the middle, and then I'm going to dump it to you. That's the type of player Joe Burrow is. So if we don't have a lot of practice, don't have a lot of training camp, a lot of time to build that. I think there could be some struggles in terms of it'll look like his junior year of LSU, which I remind you, he was fine. LSU ran the ball. They won games. He didn't throw picks. They ran the ball a lot at the goal line. He was fine. 
I think yeah. that that's – I have a feeling that's what he'll be. Not highly productive, not a bunch of yards, not a bunch of touchdowns, but efficient, game manager, hand it off until he really nails down the rapport with the wide receivers. But we watched Andy Dalton game manage this team to 8-0. So I think Joe Burrow can game manage this squad to at least a 500 season this year. What was that, the first NFL quarterback to take a team to 8-0 start and an 0-8 start? Yeah, I think he was. Andy Dalton, he's just, he's just all around just amazing. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Andy gets credit for this Super Bowl if Joe Burrow wins one. Because without yeah. him – Without him absolutely pile-driving into the, the floor last year with Zach Taylor, we'd have never got the guy. So, I, Andy <laughs> deserves a ring. I'll, I'll, like, we'll get him one. We'll have to order it special. We'll send it to him. Who, who, who was the backup? Who was Andy's backup that started, like, two, three games? Jeff Driscoll. Finley? That was Driscoll, wasn't it? Was it Driscoll? Yeah, it was Driscoll. I don't know. Yeah. Remember, uh, he could Zach, – Zach Taylor. No, it was Finley. It was Finley. It was, Finley. It was Ryan Finley. It was Finley. Yeah. You're right. Um, He's very forgettable. <laughs> he, did, he did about as well as you would have expected. But, I mean, I think I was telling people at the time that Zach Taylor was starting that so that he could tank for Burrow. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was like oh, you know, sorry, Andy. Because they would have won. We're going to start this guy. He's going to win us some games. Oh, no, he did worse? Shit. All right. Because <laughs> <laughs> Finley came in, and those games were close. We're like, man, if Andy were in there, we probably would have won the game. And then exactly. you're like, that's the point. If mm -hmm. we were in there, we would have won those games. I think this really would – I think this was a 4-12, and 5-11 team. Yeah. I really do. And they just spent more money on free agency than they ever have. If it were a normal year, COVID throws everything out of whack. But yeah. I think oh we're having God, sports. That, that Miami game, too, the Tank Bowl. We could have an entire podcast talking about that. That was the oh. game of the year. Game of the year. It was awful. It was the worst football was game so I've ever watched. <laughs> that comeback, that comeback to take it into overtime. Take oh a knee. Zach, call a handoff. I don't care if the media says it's obvious Amazing. you tanked the game. Like, call a handoff. Get rid of this. 40 yard zip. For sure. It was. Yeah, a great best loss I've ever had, honestly. Best loss. It was it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> Miami would have still drafted Tua, though. You think we so? Would have, yeah, but we would have had some bad luck with tiebreakers or something, or somebody would have traded up above us with Miami, or something would have just gone awfully wrong. I knew the only way we were getting the kid is if we had the number one pick. And yeah. then, when, then when we got it, it was like a, a whole half year of, hey, we don't want to trade this guy, by the way. I think it's stupid. Oh, he doesn't want to play in Cincinnati. Stop. Yeah, we don't we don't need to get into <laughs> stop. We got all a bunch He's of podcasts. pull an Eli Manning. Why would he do that? There's <laughs> no reason for well, he might have had a conversation with Carson Palmer once, and Carson Palmer quit, I mean left the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. And I, I think Carson came out looking worse in my eyes out of all this. Like he's he's a great coach, and I get he got mad at Mike Brown. But, dude, you quit on that team, and they went out and made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback during a lockout-shortened year. So maybe if you were there, instead of trying to retire and then wasting your time in Oakland, maybe you could have actually done something. I, 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 to me, that was just – that was not good. Think we could have him on? We could, we could have uh, – <laughs> I don't know. After Do a little, we could have Carson. Carson Palmer. We should have two, two guests have Carson Palmer and uh, Joe Burrow on here. 
So yeah. like, all right, let's set the record straight. <laughs> all right, well, this was fun. This was 3 a.m. Coney and not 3 a.m. by the sunlight that's clearly creeping through my window, but maybe you're watching this at 3 a.m. And if you are, go buy a cheap can of Skyline. That's what I have to do here in Chicago. There's none. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, I should be sending you some, uh, some, some Cincinnati essentials up there. Yeah, I would, I would appreciate that. But good first episode. We'll see you guys later.